Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back to the Science of Magic a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to stimulate evolutionary thought and co-create new solutions. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring the sacred marriage. We're hearing a lot about the goddess returning. Now, I'm ex- excited as the next woman to see the sacred feminine return and reestablish male-female balance. However, at this point, when someone opens up the subject of the goddess, I almost cringe. The attitude regarding the topic is often less than balanced. Unfortunately, discussions of the goddess have tended to be polarized, feminine activist approach that judges against the masculine. These dissertations are frequently laced with a raging, victimized, short-sighted perspective, citing men as the oppressive enemy. As a radio show host, I've had the dubious pleasure of listening to these ravings and would argue that our men have suffered as much, if not more, than women during the patriarchal era. What does the return of the goddess really mean? How can we address the topic from a unified stance that supports both men and women? Can we embrace the sacred marriage between the masculine and the feminine, regardless of gender? What changes can we expect in our way of life if we do? Hopefully, our next guest can help us find a more balanced perspective. Isabella Price is an international speaker, adjunct professor of Contemporary Religion at JFK University, and the author of 
One Truth, Many Paths book series on the world's wisdom traditions, which includes her most recent book, Goddess Power, Awakening the Wisdom of the Divine Feminine in Your Life. For over 25 years, Isabella has been a student of spirituality and has presented international classes and workshops at numerous institutions of higher education and religious venues. Her website, OneTruthManyPaths.com. Isabella, thanks for joining us on The Science of Magic. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm, I'm delighted to chat with you, Guilda. <clears throat> I think we'll have a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> let's, let's start out by defining uh, the divine feminine or goddess. Yes. Um, well, the goddess is known by innumerable names and manifestations across the world cultures, um, you know, Pele, Nana, Athena, Tara, Kali, Sarasvati, Kuan Yin, Buffalo Calf Woman, of course, Mother Mary, to mention just a few. But beneath the different facets, aspects, and symbols, we find the enduring essence of the Divine Feminine, which is always the same and which I believe at its source is ultimately one. And Perhaps I would like to also add that many of these conceptions are mysterious and even paradoxical. Let me just mention um, uh, two specific examples. Some show the goddess as the benevolent, nurturing, life-affirming mothers. Other show the goddess as the fierce and even terrifying mother dancing on the cremation ground. So here we find the key themes of life and death. And you know, I would like to mention that in our hyper-rational Western culture, life and death are often perceived as two polarities, incompatible. Yet, when we dive deeper into the wisdom traditions, we realize actually that life and death are not two. They're actually just two sides of the one coin. In fact, we could even say that death makes life, life possible. Let me give you a simple analogy. If you go to the jungle, into the rainforest, you will see, you know, how foliage falls to the ground and the soil and decomposes and actually becomes nutrient for new plant growth to emerge. So it's the cycle of life, death, and then eventual rebirth. Um, and I remember uh, from, from my Zen master in Buddhism, he always used to say and remind us that with every breath we take, we get one breath closer to death and of <laughs> course death yeah. is a good isn't it yeah. if you really think and you know it's not a popular subject to talk about our mortality i mean go to a cocktail party and start to talk about mortality and see how popular the, ro the room empties right <laughs> exactly so, exactly. so isabel where, where did the where did the concept of the divine feminine goddess originate very good question thank you wilda um well you know, it became really popular, or you could say it entered collective awareness in the 60s and 70s with a lot of research uh, conducted by pioneers, and most of them emerged from the feminist movement, as, as you mentioned earlier in your beautiful introduction. Um, and, you know, especially um, 
Maria Gimbutas, I think she's she's one of the big names. She uh, was an archaeologist and a pioneer in the goddess quest, and she was specialized on what is called Old Europe, where she excavated hundreds of figurines representing the different manifestation of the goddess going back to the prehistoric period. So we're talking about thousands of years before the common area, like five, six, seven thousand BC, and some of those figurines even go back to the, um, you know, the the Paleolithic period, the old stone period. We're talking about twenty-five thousand years before the common area, and. Um, you know, there's, of course, a very interesting symbolism affiliated with this figurine and key themes. And we can still draw some inspirations from those, although we should not get overly attached and identified to pre-modern forms and conceptions of the goddess. So perhaps we can then dive into that at some later point in our chat. Why is the divine feminine or the goddess re-emerging at this t- particular time in history? Very good question. Thank you for asking. Well, um, as you know, right now, when you look at the world and the state of affairs, it's obvious to see that we are going through what I call the dark night journey of the soul, a term that mystics across the traditions have been using. We see so much chaos, upheaval, unrest, um, and a lot of psychological or emotional shadow issues are coming to the surface. And that's not just individually with each one of us having to do our own healing, but collectively, you know, in, in the world at large. And so I believe that um, the goddess, she's really re-emerging and rising right now because I believe that she is an evolutionary catalyst that's driving these changes that we witness and that I feel are, are going to intensify this year and, and, and over the next years. And um, this, this is also because, you know, after after millennia of suppression of the divine feminine, which, which is also due to, uh, you know, uh, the emergence of patriarchal religious systems across the cultural spectrum, um, I feel that uh, she's really rising again. And when we look, for instance, at the Shakta tradition in India, to give you a specific example, Kalima, you know, the dark-skinned mother goddess, she is really the activating principle. She's the autonomous goddess. She's the dancer on the cremation ground. She's also the creative womb, the creative matrix who brings everything into existence. And she is actually viewed as a catalyst for change. So I feel this is the time, especially of dark-skinned mothers. You could take the Black Madonna as well, if you'd like an example from the Christian tradition. And um, it's very interesting that on the eve of election year here in the US, so we're talking about the fall 2015, Tali Mas image was projected on the Empire State Building in New York City by a documentary filmmaker who actually made a movie called Racing Extinction about the environmental crisis now fully upon us. 
And to me, this was a very auspicious thing. It was as if Kalima, the dark skin mother in Hinduism, announced herself to us and said, okay, I have arrived here in America. I'm now going to take over this country. And then we had the, you know, quite a turbulent election year in 2016, you know, was the outcome that we are all aware of. And so it, it's really, you know, in, in all the messiness, in all the chaos, I believe there is still an underlying principle at work. And it's the energies of the feminine that's pushing us towards the next stage in our collective evolution. I mean, that's how I see it. And she also holds a cosmic mirror in front of us to really do the deep inner work of transformation, face our own shadow, which means our fears, our anger, uh, because, you know, bypassing and well, repressing is not going to do it. <laughs> we're we're going to have to pick up on uh, the chaos we're dancing with and the goddess on the other side of a quick break. Mm-hmm. Isabella and I will return shortly, so don't you go away. <clears throat> Remember, our current episodes are internationally broadcast and aired daily through the Exxon Broadcast Network. Past thought-provoking episodes are always available free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. This is The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Gwilda Wiak's latest book, The Science of Magic, Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is the first book in a series based on her writings that open every episode of the Science of Magic radio show. Drawing on the subject matter of each guest, and armed with over 40 years' experience in shamanism, 35 years in alternative health, and degrees in psychology and religious studies, Gwilda introduces relevant and leading-edge information that supports spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Rich with wisdom and inspirational quotes packaged in digestible segments, this is a book that will pull you from cover to cover. It will also serve as a daily inspirational reading for years to come. The Science of Magic Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is available at our website, tsompublications.com, amazon.com, and wherever fine books are sold. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? 
Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the Exxon, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible and what might they do next? Find out more, Exxon Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic. We're dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness, and I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Isabella Pierce, the author, excuse me, Price, the author of One Truth, Many Paths book series, including her most recent book, Goddess Power, Awakening the Wisdom of the Divine Feminine in Your Life. Her website, OneTruthManyPaths.com. Isabella, we were really getting into... Uh, what the goddess is doing with us now? What's what's going on? Where is this energy really coming from? I mean, isn't it an archetypical um, representation of actual frequencies or energies that we're being bathed in at this time? Yes, absolutely, and I'm glad you're bringing that up. Um, the goddess is is form and formless, so she's shakti. It's like that cosmic. Um, energy, the, the vital life force that works in us, as us, and through us, and expresses itself um, in everything we do in our, you know, creative work, in innovation. So that's really important. That's why, you know, I mentioned earlier, we, when we look at the goddess, we should not get stuck in her forms. Although, you know, the forms fulfill a purpose. They can be a conduit to deepen our connection to her when we uh, visualize the icon and, and meditate in front of her. But ultimately, she is really shocked that cosmic life force that's in all of existence, you know, human and other than human life, in all of nature, Gaia is part of that, um, you know, our first mother, as the Native uh, American traditions tell us, and she's sacred, uh, we need to honor her, she's a conscious, breathing organism, so so this is, this is all, all Shakti form and beyond form, imminent and transcendent, absolutely. What do you think are the largest misconceptions about the goddess returning at this time? That's a very good question. Yes, um, there are clearly pitfalls and misconceptions. First off, um, and since you mentioned in your introduction the gender thing, I really feel called to address that. Some men think, well, the goddess is not for me, she's only for women. And as you say, of course, she was an iconic figure in, you know, the feminist movement of the 60s and 70s. But I would like to, to misspell or, or perhaps I should say just um, address some of these um, uh, misconceptions. And the goddess expresses herself actually in both men and women as an energy, as an archetype. And so um, this is really important uh, because, you know, the goddess expresses herself, as I mentioned, in our creativity, for example. We can all tap into our creative potential or in our intuition is what we call gut 
feeling and we all have this intuition it comes more from the right brain versus the more hyper masculine linear logical left brain hemisphere and so the goddess is for all of us in her energy she works through all of us regardless of gender so we have to dissociate the divine feminine from gender i think this is this is a really a key point here and the other is that, again, we should not get overly identified with, um, you know, the goddess as, as the icon of, um, you know, woman's history and, you know, the suffering, the victimization of patriarchy, as you mentioned, because men also suffered from these patriarchal structures. And I'm, I'm very sensitively aware of, of that. So it, it applies to both genders. So uh, I'd like to break beyond that gender identification. And we have to know that all of us, regardless of gender, have the whole range of potentialities, qualities, archetypes and energies available at any time. So the goddess is for both women and men. I cannot emphasize that enough. <clears throat> so what do we see going on in the world today as a result of this reemergence of the divine feminine? What signs are we seeing? Well, we're seeing, you know, first off, there's many groups across the planet, you know, that celebrate her in her many facets and names like what is called Wicca, Wicca or, or, you know, neo-pagan groups. Wicca, by the way, comes from an ancient Anglo-Saxon uh, word that means the wise woman. And these were, you know, the woman who had ancient knowledge about herbal healing. These were also the midwives and a lot of these women were actually burned at the stake. Uh, you know, in the 16th, 17th century, accused of witchcraft because they were perceived as a threat to patriarchy because they possessed this ancient knowledge, uh, mostly healing knowledge. And so, um, again, we have since the 70s seen this reemergence of, of, you know, covens, um, you know, celebrating the goddess in all her manifestations. But I also believe iconic figures like Mother Mary, um, is also re-emerging. And let me mention one specific example here. Mother Mary has often been um, co-opted by social justice movements across the globe. Uh, and I could mention the Mexican farm workers who carried her icon when they marched and invoked her protection against oppressive rule. And of course, it was the Guadalupe, you know, the, the, the famous... Um, Black Madonna of the Americas, but also in Europe, in Poland, um, during the 80s, when the, the Solidarność, the, the solidarity movement under um, La Valesa, you know, where the, the workers joined forces against oppressive Soviet rule, they would always carry an icon of the Polish Black Madonna. So the, the, the dark Madonnas, um, are very auspicious they sustain healing in the world and and they uh, support these grassroots movements so we could say that in some ways the dark madonna is the ultimate sacred activist and you know now we talk a lot about sacred activism we have to step it up we have to you know do our co-creative contribution to to really um catapult us to the next evolutionary level and hopefully co-create the world we all yearn to see in our hearts and we all know it's possible. So dark Madonnas really are also, I feel, uh, making an emergence, you know, in 
for, for these particular like, grassroots movements and, and, you know, what's going on. And a lot of women are engaged in environmental organization, social justice movement. You've seen the Women's March recently was uh, very powerful. Um, so, you know, these are all energies, I think, that are very helpful for the change we all wish to see in the world at large. So is the Dark Madonna kind of like the goddess of destruction in that? For us to heal a distort distortion, the distortion has to be destroyed. Um, is that kind of like her role? Yes, absolutely. And, and that's that's an excellent point. It applies to the Dark Madonna and it applies to Kalima in India, the other Dark mm -hmm. Mother, because she's often depicted as the fierce, terrifying mother with a garland of severed hats around her neck and a sword. So what, what does that mean? There's a deeper esoteric or symbolic meaning. She slays all our illusions. Mm -hmm. She helps us to overcome our fears so that we can evolve psychologically and spiritually. So that happens on the individual level, but also on the collective level. All the dark mothers um, guide us into the, the mysteries of the night, the, 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 the mysteries of death, uh, the suffering that a lot of people experience is the dark night journey of the soul, you know, <laughs> darkness. Mm -hmm. But there is wisdom and illumination that can be gained from these experiences. And this is what the dark mother helps us to birth forth, this wisdom and, and illumination as the catalyst, an evolutionary catalyst. That's what I believe. It seems like a paradoxical because she's dark and yet she's bringing the light by exposing the illusion. Mm -hmm. It's pretty fascinating. <laughs> so yeah. do, you, do you relate the fall and rise of the divine masculine and feminine, for that matter, with astrological ages? You know, I uh, can't really speak too much to that. I mean, I know a little bit about astrology and I know we're now um, in this new cycle, but I, it's not my primary field of expertise. I do, however, believe, of course, that, you know, the cosmos and all the constellations have a huge influence on life here on Earth. Um, but I just, um, you know, w w would like to, again, perhaps mention about the, the, the sacred marriage or union, you know, between the masculine and feminine that you also um, you know, talked about in your beautiful introduction, I believe that the times are calling for this union of the two. The, we have to reclaim the sacred in both the archetypal masculine and the archetypal feminine. And let me just very briefly elaborate what I mean by the archetypal masculine. I do not mean the patriarchal distortion that's based on values such as competition, domination, um, hierarchical authoritarian structures, exploitation of the earth, um, you know, war, confrontation, all these things. That's not what I mean. That's the hyper-masculine and the unhealthy masculine that we're still witnessing in the world at large at this point. I mean the healthy conscious masculine. And I really see it as a cooperation between the two as a partnership that uh, basically both, you know, the conscious masculine and the conscious feminine together in 
cooperation in co-creative partnership have to really step it up to bring about a positive change in the world. This is what I call the modern version of the sacred marriage team, which of course is an ancient team going back thousands of years. Well, we're going to have to go more into the sacred marriage because it sounds like a nice balanced stance, but it is time for another short pause. Isabella and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break, so you stay right there. Don't miss all the wonderful things we have to offer on our website, your resource for creative solutions in a changing world, thescienceofmagic.net. This is The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, 
after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. N.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. If you enjoy all the wonderful topics on our program, visit my blog where the adventure continues at our website, thescienceofmagic.net. I am your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and we're speaking with Isabella Price, author of Goddess Power Awakening, The Wisdom of the Divine Feminine in Your Life. Her website, onetruthminipaths.com. Isabella, we talked about uh, the um, divine masculine and the divine feminine do you see where there's different ages of, of both i mean like we cycle in and out is this a cyclic occurrence mm. well yes there, there have been cycles you know throughout time and history and uh, you know other cultures have had a very um, cyclical view of time and history and not the linear view that we have in western culture because in the end uh, you know the, the linear view of time is an illusion, as the modern sciences and physics tell us. So time is not linear. It's actually cyclical and, and past, present and future coexist simultaneously in all dimensions, as far as I'm concerned. So it, it's just a mind-created illusion, the, the linear view. And so ancient goddess traditions always had a cyclical uh, view of of you know, time and, and history and, and related also to the agricultural cycle and fertility, um, of course, and the seasons and the lunar cycle. Well, it seems like uh, there's four stages, really. <laughs> um, there's the masculine dominant, there's the feminine dominant. And then on either end of that cycle, it looks like there's the time of unity or the sacred marriage. Um, is that accurate? Is this documented anywhere? Um, well, you know, we, we can, of course, not fully know what the future will bring because in the end it's open. Um, the future will bring to us what we bring to the future in our co-creative contributions to the whole and by being aligned with our deeper purpose. 
So I'm no prophet. Uh, it's just this is, you know, what, what I feel. But again, the outcome at this point, I think, is open. We need to be humble and acknowledge that we just cannot know what we cannot know. This is uh, going into uncharted terrain, the, the great unknown, which is, again, the darkness, symbolically speaking, and related, you know, to the dark matters, what, what we discussed before. It's like there's winter, spring, summer, fall every year, but no two years are they identical. So there's these influences, but what we make of them is still out, out, the jury's still out. Is that what you're getting at? Yes. At this point, I believe it is. As you say, the jury's out. Uh, We have to just get out of our complacency and think like, oh, there will be this divine intervention, you know, like... Some people believe, you know, God is the sky father, the transcendental father up there, the sugar daddy who will intervene with, you know, like a magic stick. I don't really have to do much. I know things are all going to work out. It's going to get better. This is what I call complacency. And, and you know, if we are sitting, let's say, in our comfort bubbles and don't challenge ourselves to do the deep inner work, don't challenge ourselves to align ourselves with our purpose, our dharma, and really step it up then it's just not going to happen so i would like to address all our listeners uh, to really find your true calling at this critical evolutionary threshold that we all find ourselves on and it's time to really step it up and again i can only reiterate the future will bring to us what we bring to the future Boy, isn't that the truth? You know, so many traditions um, believe that we dream our future. Um, and we've been having a nightmare lately. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> you know, it would stand to reason that if there are polarized masculine times, that there's also times skewed towards the feminine. What can you tell us about that? Very good question. Well, feminism tended to be very confrontational. As you say, sometimes it was like almost waging war against you know, the male gender perceived as the prime enemy. And while feminism was an important milestone uh, when it emerged in the 60s and, and you know, it, 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 it was part of evolution and, and, you know, and so, you know, like even patriarchy to a certain extent had to play itself out the way it did. Um, however, um, you know, when we take the opposite, which will be matriarchy, you know, the feminine dominating the masculine, or women dominating male, that is not an attractive model for me. And that's not going to work because it would establish the same hierarchical authoritarian structure. And just very quickly, one, two comments to go back to the uh, ancient goddess cultures, the prehistoric period when, um, you know, the, the goddess was highly venerated as the bringer of civilization, the, the, the creative matrix. She was even called savior of the human race, if you take the goddess Isis of Egypt. At that time, it was... Um, what Maria Jimbutas calls an egalitarian society. So it was not one gender dominating the other. The genders were rather complementing each other. It's like the yin and yang in Taoism. They beautifully complement each other and form a whole together, a harmonious universe. And that's my vision. That's what we're really talking about. And that's what my book uh, is all about. And it's, it's not about domination of one gender or one gender versus the other. Then we get into the same dualistic box that we really need to transcend. <clears throat> 
you know, it seems it seems like again we're talking about the sacred marriage here. Doesn't the sacred marriage really have to take place in the individual before it can interact in the outer world? Very good point. I believe yes. To be truly effective as a change agent, um, as I said, we do have to go deep within. We have to release and shed what doesn't serve us any longer in whatever ways by doing spiritual practices and or you know therapy work. Both in combination, I think, are the most effective. And um, we cannot be fully effective unless we heal our psychological shadow issues, because if we don't heal them, we we are going to project them on everybody else. And then, you know, you get into the same, um, you know, dualistic pattern. So I believe it's the second marriage within us. But then, of course, also in, in the cooperation with conscious men together, that is also when the, the, the healthy masculine and the healthy feminine are coming together. And this is what the times are calling us. I mean, I cannot emphasize this enough. You know, I, I, lo- I work in partnership with various people doing different mm-hmm. things. But mm-hmm. I have to tell you, the, the most profound partnership that I share is with a, a man that is, is, just meets me. You know, we don't we don't try to fight for who's on top. I give him his his um, lead, and he gives me mine, and it, it gives me hope for the future to see this being possible at this time. I'm starting to experience the same uh, relationship with my son. It's really fun to watch it coming to fore. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing this, Gwilda. And I'm also blessed to have such a partnership with my husband, who is very supportive of my work, which is not necessarily given, as you know. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's a true partnership. And I, I could not engage in any other intimate relationship, to tell you the truth. I mean, that's what it just has to be, because otherwise it would hold us back. And you have your beautiful work, your great contribution with your show, which I, I I'm very impressed, you know, with what I've seen so far. So I just want to commend you for doing your work as well. And 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 this is this is really the model, you know, of, of the future. And this this is, I think, what's going to carry us through this very difficult, difficult treasure with its birth pangs. <laughs> you know, that's as we all know, it's it's quite intense right now and, and excruciatingly painful at times. <laughs> It's definitely a birthing process. (laughs) True, and it's always painful, you know, the birth pangs, we know. (laughs) So why is the reemergence of the divine feminine so important at this particular time in history, do you think? I believe that um, a lot of the values that the uh, goddess tradition stands for need to come more to the forefront to create this healthier balance on planet Earth in all our structures, politically, economically, in the culture at large. And these values that I mean are cooperation, which means creating win-win situations, partnership, we talked already about the sacred marriage or sacred union, inclusive inclusivity, creativity, playfulness, not forget about that sustainability and peaceful resolution of conflicts and also of course responsible stewardship of our natural resources given that Gaia also is an aspect of the divine feminine and as I mentioned before she's a living breathing conscious organism what the scientists call the biosphere and um, I I believe that these are the values um, you know that uh, of, of the new world that we all yearn to see. And 
Um, these are values affiliated with goddess worship and very important. One quick thing is also that flesh and spirit are not separate in goddess mm. religion. They are seen as one because, you know, we've had that duality, you know, masculine, hyper-masculine organized religion has told us that um, the body is inferior to spirit, sexuality is tainted. We all know that. So I just want to well, conclude. We're going to have to talk about embodiment on the other side of yet another break. But before we pause, let me share some great news about amazing galactic shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow, a retreat taught by yours truly, Gwilda Wiecka. In the 2018 Spring Equinox Medicine Wheel training that will be held in the beautiful Colorado Mountains, March 18th through the 22nd. Come enrich your life with the power of the universe. Learn to build and maintain your own cross-cultural shamanic medicine wheel to support you and your family through unprecedented times. For more information, contact touchin at findyourpathhome.com or call 303-775-3431. Isabella and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is The Science of Magic with yours truly, Gwilda Wiecka, on the wonderful Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. 
Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people with service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What's up in your world? I always love to hear from my listeners. Email me at info at thescienceofmagic.net and suggest a topic or a guest that's on your mind. I'm sure we would all enjoy them. Our guest this hour is Isabella Price, author of One Truth, Many Paths book series. Her website, onetruth-minipaths.com. Isabella, we were talking about how during these times, it's really, really important to be able to embrace the sacred marriage and uh, to come together as, um, as a people. Um, but first it has to happen within. What advice do you have for people to start on this process? Great question. Um, I would suggest for those people who feel a calling to um, perhaps connect more deeply with the wisdom of the divine feminine, there is simple practices that we can do to receive this and so that we can balance ourselves and and please those who do not feel the calling don't do it it's not everybody's path but it has to also do with with embodiment which you know was a keyword in in our previous conversation i believe that it happens first off in silence when you're perhaps in nature somewhere or at your home wherever in your or you have your altar. So it's really important to just listen deeply, take deep breath and see if you receive a message from her. You can also um, perhaps, you know, visualize her if that helps. You can do different practices like, um, you know, prayers, meditations, invocations of her or devotional practices. Um, you know, I spent quite a bit of time at the ashram of one of the holy mothers of India, Amaji, who has been one of my many mentors, spiritual mentors. And uh, Amma does a lot of devotional chanting as a practice because she says it opens our hearts. A lot of us Westerners are so identified with the mind, but the heart is in a contraction. So the bhakti yoga, the devotional practices helped me to get much more attuned to the divine feminine and balance myself because I was very much in my left brain too, you know, coming from academia. So there's some examples. So um, you mentioned something that's interesting, and that's altar work. Now, working with an altar is just practically universal. Everyone, every tradition has some form of an altar. The one thing I find that they all tend to have in common is that they are directionally oriented so that we can orient ourselves to the directions of the planet. Could you speak a little bit more about altar work? Because I don't know if everybody understands it. Um, well, you know, we, we all, of course, have our individual altars that reflect our unique um, uh, spiritual journey. 
But I also am a big believer in calling in the assistance of the four direction and heaven and earth. So it, it has to also be the center. And, you know, I've done participated in some rituals in the Native American traditions, beautiful rituals like medicine wheel or, you know, we, we create the circle and we call in all the four directions. Um, and so this is an alignment, I think, that, that helps us to activate some of these archetypes and and also these um, energetic potentialities within ourselves. You know, as we sit in front of our altar or as we engage in a ritual where we also set up like, you know, an altar in, in nature, like the medicine wheel, I think, is a great example in the Native traditions. Uh, so, yeah. <clears throat> you know, most of most of our children today don't even know which, where the sun comes up. We've gotten so far away from being yeah. oriented to nature. Mm. And what do you think is the impact of that on our, on our way of life? Oh my gosh, yeah, I, this is something that also is, is very distressing for me to witness uh, because w when I grew up, um, I would go in nature as a kid and play in the woods and I had animals you know I would I would communicate with the animals and I had that connection but as you say now you see kids all they do is computer games they get all addicted to the newest technological gadget and you know I mean we need technology as a valuable tool don't get me wrong but if it's just that exclusively it, it disconnects us from the cycles of nature from from the energies of the earth which i think um, are very important to keep us healthy it's nourishing for us to spend time in nature for me it's extremely rejuvenating i i need to do it every day and just you know communing with wildlife with the birds nature has messages in fact nature is one of our greatest spiritual teachers i have to say this it she, if we listen, if we receive her messages, she's one of, you know, there's, there's two revelations. One is scripture and the other is what nature teaches us um, as, as a, a spiritual teacher. This you know, is, <clears throat> sorry. There, there's, a, there's a lot of traditions that use omenology or signs in nature um, as a divinational tool. Do you think that those messages are actually coming from the mother, the goddess, the earth? Yes, because I see the earth, Gaia, the Gaia body as an expression of the divine feminine or the sacred feminine. Yes, this is, you know, my, my view. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, but we've, we've become disembodied, haven't we? We're riding around in our minds on a cell phone. <laughs> and, yes, yes. <laughs> you so know, true. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I see that as very disorienting uh, for our kids. They don't have any grounding. And I, you know, how can you stay healthy if you can't stay grounded? Because doesn't the earth rebalance our whole physical system? Absolutely. I, it, it, so, so I ground myself every morning. I step outside, I put my bare feet on the earth, and you know, I'm calling in the energies of, of the earth, the mother, 
and also of course the energies from the great central sun and and the two also merge within us as a sacred marriage and i believe to keep us grounded especially the grounding is key in these turbulent times where mm-hmm. we witness so many changes um, unless we ground ourselves we get in real trouble now and, and 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 you know our kids one would hope that they get taught to how to do that and perhaps reconnect more with with nature i think it it, it would help them greatly I think so too. This this disembodiment has created almost a form of madness, of illusion, because we aren't grounding concepts. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. It's, and and the unfortunate thing is that organized religion, and I'm saying it, this is organized patriarchal religion, has taught us that there is this body mind split. So we're talking about a fundamental disconnect or even alienation from our bodies. The body is being looked upon as inferior to spirit, and especially women were perceived as being closer to corrupt nature because remember the original sin, you know, happened because of, you know, the tree, the serpent, you know, being corrected, woman. And and so all these these stereotypical notions and misconceptions are still deeply entrenched in the collective consciousness and that, you know, sexuality is inferior, sacred sexuality is still a stretch for many people and it has created a lot of psychological problems um, and some cultures and religions still you know have these um, conceptions you know and so we need to do embodiment practices at this point this is very important the body is a sacred vessel just think of the chakras our energy centers this is yeah. all sacred yeah. <clears throat> so how can we expect the reemergence of the goddess to impact romantic relationships Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's very <laughs> that's, <laughs> There's just a little bit of time left, so you better be good here. <laughs> well, I trust that I trust that she will do her magic here again if we align ourselves fully with her and um, I would say that um, again what we need is to revive and activate um, the undermined feminine values that I mentioned before and redefine and harmonize them with the true masculine archetype, the healthy masculine. And only if we're able to restore that balance, um, I believe we can fully ignite the divine spark in the spirit of humanity and open the door to a new area. I believe the goddess wisdom is the key uh, for this new area because let's not forget ultimately that the story of the goddess is our story. It is the story of love and healing, birth and death, renewal and evolutionary change. Mm, Amazing. So, we have just a little bit of time left. What advice do you have for those wishing to start to balance the God, goddess within themselves? Start with a simple practice. When you have strong emotions coming up, which we all have these days inevitably, rather than repressing those emotions or trying to bypass them, which never works, as we know, stay with them, allow them to come up, stay present, feel in your body where the emotion is stored and breathe deeply into these emotions. And as if you would embrace them with the breath from within you. So you're not judging yourself for having these emotions. Stay with it, 
be conscious of it so they don't take you over, but be present in a loving, gentle way. And you will see as you keep breathing, the energy can flow more freely and you will eventually be able oh, to. Oh, Isabella, time, yep. time does fly and unfortunately we're out of it. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me here. It was a delight to chat My with pleasure. you. Our guest this hour has been Isabella Price, author of One Truth Many Paths book series, including her most recent book, Goddess Power Awakening, the Wisdom of the Divine Feminine in Your Life. Her website, onetruth-minipaths.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at thescienceofmagic.net. This has been The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiyaka on the Exxon Broadcast Network www.xzbn.net Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you embrace the sacred marriage within. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. 
Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D O W S E R S.com or call 1 877 Dowsing. That's 1 877 369 7464.